Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today I am Facebook Live. But you don't care about that because it's Saturday when I'm dropping this, and you're just listening to it, not watching it. So that's weird. Why did I even mention that? We are on another big chapter book, and this big chapter book is 1993's The Berenstain Bears Accept No Substitutes. And the funny thing is, they don't ever accept their substitute. There's some weird stuff that goes on, some bizarre gender stuff and weird masculine posturing, but what can you do? What can you really do? So the last week, last week, we discussed the Baron St. Bears and the female fullback, and that was rife with all kinds of explorations of uh, gender inequality and gender well, inequality, that's pretty much all they touched on. Uh, the, the, the crux of the book was that uh, Bertha was not allowed to try out for the football team until she proved that she was capable of trying out for the football team. It was bizarre, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense in the end. The crux of it was uh, women deserve every opportunity that men do as long as they can defeat you on the field of battle, I think is what we came up with. Uh, that was pretty much it. As long as you are as physically strong as a guy, you are allowed to participate in guy things. So this book would seem to not be along those lines. However, it is. It's kind of a weird follow-up to the female fullback in that it also contains the character of Bertha, and it's also about boys versus girls. But in this case, it's more about boys versus women, or how can we find ways to keep children from actively attempting to sabotage and degrade a female authority figure we can't until she proves she can beat you up? That's kind of the plot. Let's get into it. Again, my notes are over here. The light of heaven. So if I look in this direction, if you're watching this live, and it looks like I'm looking over here, that's me looking at my notes. Don't let it freak you out. There's no one sitting there. Like, that's this is what video... This is, like, the magic of video. And this is my kitchen behind me. So, uh, the Berenstain Bears Accept No Substitutes is a weird reimagining of the Berenstain Bears and the Substitute Teacher, which you might remember, if you have ever listened to this show... uh, uh, it was one of the Happy Meal books from a few years ago, or a few months ago, as this show doesn't... I don't do this show in real time. I'm, like, I'm not doing it as the books come out. Like, I'm doing it... I'm just... It's, it's weekly. It's a weekly show. So, the Berenstain Bears Happy Meal books were a, uh, were a Happy Meal series, and they were very well done. I was very impressed by them. They were surprisingly well-written, surprisingly thoughtful, and the substitute teacher uh, leaned really heavily on uh, Brother Bear's strange relationship with Queenie McBear, and how he blew off all of her advances in order to get in with Too Tall and his gang so that they could play pranks on a substitute teacher, and they didn't study for their quiz because they were too busy coming up with pranks, and then they failed their quiz, they got bad grades, and they had to retake the quiz, plus the substitute didn't care. She was cool with it. She was... Totally okay with having pranks pulled on her. And the lesson was, don't play pranks on people, substitutes, or adults. They're smarter than you. Your ridiculous pranks aren't going to hurt them anyway. Also, brother, why weren't you paying attention to the fact that Queenie McBear totally wanted to study with you? And from what we know of Queenie McBear, studying probably meant something else. I mean, probably implied further interest beyond her grades. That was what I was focused on in that one. So I thought this is going to be great. Um, with With the chapter book expanding on the story and us already having established that Queenie McBear 
had a weird relationship with the Cubs. We knew that she was somewhat interested in Brother in some aspects. We also knew that she was really kind of manipulative. I was just curious to see how they were going to play out Queenie and Brother. And since Tutal was the ringleader and we knew that Queenie and Tutal had a weird like on again, off again, are they, aren't they, plus Too Tall sort of dislikes Brother, but he also wants Brother to be part of his gang, and Brother dislikes Too Tall, but Brother's also like having these weird feelings about women. It was this beautiful opportunity to explore the weird triangle of Brother and Too Tall and Queenie with the whole substitute teacher thing falling as a background. How are they going to deal with this in a chapter book? They don't. They, they don't at all. Queenie doesn't even have a speaking role in this book. She doesn't play a part. She may be in a few of the pictures. And that that was it. Uh, there's no romance. Uh, and two tall shenanigans get ramped up from just annoying the substitute to breaking a human being. Or bear, as it is. Uh, yeah, then I'm not exaggerating. Tutal declares war on the substitute in this book. Uh, he says, we're not going to just prank her. We're going to break her. Those are those are his actual words. We're going to break this woman. And uh, he doesn't have any intention of playing around. That's too tall. It's fun. It's children playing pranks on the teacher, also attempting to destroy humans' human sense of self. Um, the Barons and Bears, they, they don't accept no substitutes. And yes, uh, sometimes I refer to the bears as human beings because they're kind of like people, except they're bears. That's the tagline. If I ever was advertising for this book series, I would say they're kind of like humans, but they're bears. Except I guess they kind of say that in the theme song to the uh, to the show. Oh, and Vanessa says kids do get arrested for that kind of things these days. Teachers will also get arrested for some of the stuff that happens in this book. Um, hold on, we'll get to that. So uh, the premise is essentially the same as the original Happy Meal book. Teacher Bob is going on vacation. This time it's his honeymoon. Huh? Teacher Bob... Thank good for you, teacher, Bob. And the Cubs are just buzzing about uh, this new substitute. It's a different substitute from the Happy Meal book. Uh, we're introduced to, um, well, we're introduced to the concept, because we don't meet her yet, of Ms. Barr. And uh, Ms. Barr is cute, according to Tutal. And most importantly, according to Tutal, she is a pushover. And we don't know where he's getting this information from, but he comes in and announces she's cute and she's a pushover. And we've got to ramp it up from what we did last time to our last substitute. Uh, we we're also introduced, not for the first time, but as a real player in this story, to Barry Bruin. Now, I know you all know who Lizzie Bruin is. Lizzie Bruin is Sister Bear's best friend. Barry Bruin is Lizzie Bruin's older brother, who has kind of been established as something of a troublemaker in Bear Country. And now we're seeing that he's kind of a too tall groupie wannabe. Too tall and his gang are obviously the ringleaders of the of the substitute bullying, but Barry Bruin is now floating around the uh, the outskirts. He's that kid, he's that kid you knew in school who wasn't a bad kid, who wasn't a troublemaker except when he was with the troublemakers. Usually he would sit at lunch with you and enjoy, you know, you could have a good conversation with him, but as soon as the bad kids came around, he would turn on you. That's Barry Bruin. Think of him that way. He's not a he's not a naughty I was going to say naughty by nature. I'm, I'm not going to actually say naughty by nature. He's not a bad kid. Like he's not he's not too tall in the gang. He's not scuzz. He's just Barry Bruin, but we we are introduced to him. Now, in the past, Too Tall and his friends have pulled all kinds of pranks on substitute teachers. I don't know what you're thinking of, but 
he they they would do things like cross and uncross their legs at the same time. The, a big deal is made of this in the book. The fact that remember that time we all crossed and uncrossed our legs when we gave a signal, and so that's you know that's I guess that's what kids do. Uh, sometimes they would all drop their pencils at the same time, uh, which I guess is another thing that kids are known to do. They would give a signal, and then they'd drop their pencils on the floor, and that just, te- teacher couldn't even believe that. So they want to ramp it up from leg crossing and pencil dropping. That's, that was, that was back in the day, and now they are gonna, they're gonna uh, ramp things up. And the, the, the scary thing about this book is they've, they've, uh, recruited brother and cousin Fred, who are usually good kids, but who also want to fit in. So Tutal's like, come with us. We're, we're going to do this thing and we're calling it Operation Substitute. Um, which, you know, you would think they would be called like Operation Get Rid of the Substitute or something, but they're just calling it Operation Substitute. Uh, and they started off. They, uh, they're, first of all, they're very good and they don't pick on her at all. Miss Barr comes in. She's very nice. She's very sweet. But then, they start throwing paper airplanes. Now, I don't know where you're from, but in bear country, paper airplanes are like the next step up from crossing and uncrossing your legs. And in this book, the paper airplanes are dangerous. One of the paper airplanes manages to land right in uh, Ms. Ms. Barr's headband. And Brother is very concerned about this. Stuff is already stuff is already getting out of control. And brother's not too cool with it. But the uh the cubs want to turn up the heat on Ms. Barr. So they start doing things like coughing uh like out loud in class. They'll cough in the middle of a lesson. And that's throwing Miss Barr off. They're getting inside her head. They're 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 uh they're working psychological tactics on her with with coughs and leg switching and uh Pencil drop. They're just doing the pencil dropping thing again. They've really been doing this for a while. Um, more paper airplanes. This time, the paper airplane goes into her ear, directly, directly into the teacher's ear. If you can see, if you see that, uh, she's nonplussed but annoyed at what they're doing. It's it's not cool. And brother starts getting worried because he knows that's dangerous. If it went into her eye, there. What then? What? Then it's like you're that's actual like d- d- injury to to a human. Keep wanting to say human. I'm really sorry. A bear, a bear woman, a bear woman. Uh, Ms. Barr is her name, Vanessa. Ms. Barr, B A R R, which is like uh, Davy Crockett for bear. I guess is how he said it. So. Tutal wants to ramp things up. He wants to get even more dangerous than paper airplanes. And so Brother's like, I can't let them do anything dangerous, but I'm part of this now. Like, I'm, I'm in deep. So he's like, oh, what about a frog? We'll put a frog on her desk. That's, like, great. And Tutal's like, good idea. Why don't you and Cousin Fred go get the frog? Meanwhile, he pulls aside his compatriots, Scuzz and Smirk and Slag, Snarl. I don't know who the rest of them are. And he says... Hey guys, Screech, I don't know. Uh and he says we're going to we're going to up we're going to up our game. You know, while they're getting the frog, we're going to do something something even worse. And how does he phrase it? It's it's really disgusting. He says uh what's made of paper and is small, round and very wet. 
and it takes them a while, and then they realize it's a spitball. You get to throw the first spitball smirk, says Too Tall, and oh boy, are we going to see some spitball action. So brother and Freddy go and they catch a frog, and it looks like a nice frog. Now the girls... In the meantime, Sister and her friends are getting a little nervous because word is getting back to Lizzie from Barry Bruin as to what's going on. So like things are kind of converging. And in class, Ms. Barr has an announcement. She is going to show the class a video. Now, this is her idea of getting the class back under control. She's like, this is getting out of hand. There's some bad kids in the class. I don't want to get angry in front of them. I know how to do this. I'm going to promise to show them a movie. And the movie is going to be about her trip. Her trip. She went on a trip and she went to the Great Grizzly National Park. And she's going to show the kids her home movies. And that's going to get them to behave in class. This promise of home movies. Um, And it says here that Ms. Barr knew that the Cubs would be looking forward to the video all day. She hoped this would help them behave themselves. She made the video sound really interesting. She said it showed the log cabins at Grizzly Forge. That was where, long, long ago, Bear Country soldiers spent a very hard winter. Now remember, we already know that Bear Country has had a Civil War-esque war fought between the Grizzlies and the Bears. So this is all part of that history with Stonewall Grizzly and uh, Grizzly E. Lee or whoever he was. I don't remember. I can't remember names. Uh, but so it was a big deal. And, uh, then she went to go see Mount Grismore, uh, the famous mountain that had Bear Country's heroes carved on its side. And of course the Cubs would see Great Grizzly Falls, the very falls that ran Bear Country's first mill. So we're getting a lot of Bear Country history here. Also, we have a teacher who somehow thinks that her home movies are going to, the promise of this is enough to make the kids not, like, she thinks that she thinks the kids are have boring lives or something. I don't understand like why you would think this is just her home movies and she's going to show them to them. But as she gets as she's working on the board, uh-oh, what happens? Splat. Right on the board. Someone threw a spitball at, at Ms. Barr, but she's not she's not upset. She just keeps it going. Then splat. One of the spitballs actually rolls down the blackboard. So now she's getting perturbed, right? She promised them home movies. She promised to show them her trip to the grizzly place. And now they're misbehaving. But then, splat, 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 three spitballs. How could this get any worse? The kids are... Kids are just laughing it up, and brother's like, "This is this is getting out of hand. I've got to do something to stop this. I've got to do something." Uh, uh, it looks like things are going to are going to lose control. I know what to do. I'm going to put this frog on her desk, and that'll change the the atmosphere of the room. And so he puts this very distressed frog. And remember, in bear country, frogs can actually communicate with the bears, like sisters, friends with them. So brother has kidnapped a, a resident. This is. This is a resident. This is a person who lives there. Like, they pay to live places. So, uh, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. The frog is upset. Now, Miss Barr doesn't notice this frog on her desk. And Brother's like, she doesn't even notice it. She's too busy working, doing things that teachers do. And, and, then she realizes that Scuzz is making the biggest spitball he can. It says he had taken the great ugly thing out of his mouth and was getting ready to launch it. 
In a split second, the mother of all spitballs would be whizzing toward the back of Mizbar's head at warp speed. There was no time to think. Four, three, two, one, launch. Brother leapt up to block the awful saliva bomb with his backpack. Does it work? No. What happens is, the spitball hits the frog. The frog jumps off the desk, lands in Ms. Barr's clothes. She flips out and has to be led away, howling for help. Okay, so they think they've won, right? And Ms. Barr is really upset. She says, whose frog is this? And Brother immediately owns up. He's like, it was my frog. And she says, well, you know, Brother, Brother's usually a good kid. So I'm not going to get you in trouble, which I guess that's fair enough. Like, she identified him as one of the, you're one of the good ones. So, you know, you disrupted class, whatever. She was looking for, she was looking to get Too Tall and his friends in, but she failed. So, brother goes home, and he immediately tells his parents what happened. They get upset, but they don't ground him because he owned up to it. He fessed up, and they figured if the teacher wasn't upset and didn't ground you or kick you out of school or anything, then we're not going to kick you out of school or anything. Besides, Papa, who flips out initially, is like, I kind of did the same thing. When I was in school. Uh, Papa didn't do frogs. He put a salamander in his teacher's lunch bag. And it crawled into her sandwich. How's that? We're barreling towards the end here. So. Sister gets word from Lizzie Bruin. Who got word from Barry Bruin. That something even worse is going to happen. That's going to totally break this sub. And here's where everything comes to a head. Okay. So. Ms. Barr is still going to show them the video. Right? What? Too Tall and Scuzz and Smirk and Slag and Snarl and Swoop have all done is they have taken one of the ceiling panels out of the classroom ceiling. They have put a bucket of ice cold water up there. They've run a string from the bucket down to the desks. During the video, right when it gets to the footage of the Grizzly Falls, uh, Too Tall is going to yank on the string. It's going to pull the ice cold water bucket down and drench Ms. Barr, Carrie style, in the middle of her presentation. It's going to upset her so much, she's going to run out of the room and never want to teach cubs again. That is the plan. Now, to do this, they had to break into the school, remove a ceiling panel, get an ice-cold bucket of water up there, and run a string down to the desk. And then they had to sit there, hoping the teacher doesn't notice that a ceiling panel is missing from the classroom, and also that a string is running down from the ceiling into the hands of the school bully who's been playing pranks on her the entire time. Good for Miss Barr. She doesn't notice. Good for us, too. Because she's showing them the video. The log cabins at Grizzly Forge. They're, uh, they're copies of the ones in which a ragged bear army spent a hard winter during the War of Independence. No electricity. No hot water. Bears were tougher in those days. Then she shows them Mount Grismore. With Jedediah Bruin, the founder of bear country. Another name we're not familiar with. And then she gets to the falls. There's some maneuvering and some stuff going on she gets to the falls too tall pulls the string and Ms. Barr is drenched drenched to the bone she gets ushered out of the classroom by a couple of the girls and that's when they make the startling discovery you see the video continues what comes on after takes all the cubs by surprise what happens after is there's footage of Ms. Barr doing karate. That's right. You find out at the end that Ms. Barr is actually a black belt in karate. That was a big surprise. 
So I didn't mention it, but during the entire uh, run of the story, Bertha, who was the female fullback, who was from the same town as Ms. Barr, Bruinsville, knew a secret about Ms. Barr, but Ms. Barr didn't want anyone to know. Well, come to find out, Ms. Barr is a black belt. And so, the next day, Mr. Grismeyer, who you remember is the horrifically sexist coach from the previous book, and we forgot to mention is also the assistant principal of the school, comes in and tells the, all the cubs to come to the gymnasium. And at the gymnasium, they are given a karate demonstration by Ms. Barr, who is so powerful. She can break bricks. She can break wood. And then she makes Tutal come and stand while she demonstrates violent karate chops around him. He's so terrified that he doesn't know how to, what to do. He can't even move. In the end, Tutal is cowed. And Ms. Barr has to say that she would never actually hurt a student. She has to tell them that because Tutal is so afraid of her. Um, but Bertha also takes karate. And she says to Tutal, I might only be a brown belt, but I can tell you that if you play one more trick on Miss Barr, I'll brown belt you black and blue. And uh, then he doesn't play any more tricks. And that's the end of the book. So what have we learned? We've learned that it's okay to psychologically torment a teacher as long as you are threatened by the teacher in the end. We're taught that women uh, can be harassed by men and no one's going to do anything about it. And we get taught that might makes right. The, uh, the, the, the message in the Berenstain Bears Accept No Substitutes is extremely muddy. Uh, I don't understand why they brought in the, the karate stuff at the end. I don't understand why... The whole thing had to be ramped up to, like, psychological warfare. I don't understand why they cut Queenie's part entirely out of the original book. This could have been a wonderful lesson about where your priorities lie, you know, what kind of person do you want to be seen as. There's so many different ways you could have gone with the story, and instead they went with just the pranks, just ramping up the violence, and in the end, throwing the whole thing into a weird twist and saying... It's okay, she knows karate, no one can hurt her anyway. Uh, there was many different places the story could have branched off and gone someplace better. Uh, we could have just stuck with the love triangle from the original one. We could have had uh, Ms. Barr get back at the students in her own fun way. We could have uh, discovered that she was maybe the prankingest student in uh, Bruinsville. We could have found out that she was related to uh, to Bertha and that, they, uh, that they're like old friends. Or maybe like this was all set up from the beginning. Or maybe you found out that like, Maybe they kept watching the video and she was going to show them something uh, very moving or touching uh, that happened to her on vacation and they actually felt bad for the way they treated her. Like maybe she was going to share something very personal with the, with the Cubs at the end of this video instead of her karate chopping uh, wood. Uh, if you just tuned in, what you missed was the Cubs terrorizing a woman until she proved that she could do karate and then they didn't want to terrorize her anymore. Uh, don't want to break that woman too tall, grizzly. That's legitimately what happened in the book. So the reason I got really weirded out by this book is the same reason that one, well, one of like a hundred reasons we got weirded out by a female fullback last week, which is 
both of these books say that it's that you you know a person is worth respect when they can physically prove themselves to you. We know you learn that a, a person a person isn't inherently isn't inherently owed your attention, isn't inherently owed your respect. You can mistreat someone until they prove themselves either more intimidating than you or like in the case of the nerdy nephew, more they prove themselves to be valuable to you. And that's where I f- always find myself really getting icked out by some of these Berenstain Bear books. And, and they, it only seems to happen because they, they're trying to put so much plot into it. But then this book doesn't even have that much plot. It's just ramping up of incidents until someone gets upset. And then there's this really weird plot twist that involves karate. And that's kind of just the way it goes, I guess. Uh, but what I'm going to do now... Since I have a few people watching live, I'm going to turn this portion over to you. Does anyone out there in Listenerville have a question about the Berenstain Bears accept no substitutes? Oh, I got a question from Oliver. says, did you pull any pranks on your teachers or mentally break them? No, but... We had a lot of substitutes. So when I went to school, our substitutes, we got to know them pretty well. We always had like the same like group of like three or four subs. There was this one guy, Mr. Smith, who I saw all throughout like public school from like first grade up through like whenever, maybe not first grade, but from like one point up through high school, Mr. Smith would always be a substitute who would show up periodically and everyone loved him. We had subs just from all, you know, like we had subs all the time and substitutes weren't anyone to pick on like substitutes usually were an easier day because they were just following the syllabus but they weren't in time to misbehave also it may have been due to the fact that i was in really nerd classes uh for much of my elementary school years and uh we were all kind of goody two-shoes a little do-goody and weren't really known for our like rebellious attitudes so Kind of, we were the, I was, we were, I was a really good kid and I was the boring kid at school. So, uh, no, I didn't mentally break any of my teachers. I'm sorry to say, uh, Vanessa asks, has anybody ever pulled a prank on you? Uh, has anybody ever pulled a prank on me? Um, this, there was a kid in junior high who shoved me really hard once. Does that count? I, I don't I don't think I don't think anyone's ever pranked me. Now that's not an invitation to do that. By the way, fun pranks aren't aren't always fun. Sometimes they cause karate. Do you know karate? Vanessa asks with another question. No, I know people who do know karate. Um, I knew someone whose parents taught karate in high school. She was pretty cool. Uh, John asks, how large is the perfect spitball? How wet? I hate spitballs so much. Uh, when we were in school, people would do spit wads, which were like really tiny little spit balls. Then they would take a straw and like shoot them, shoot them out of the straw. And that made me so angry. I just, I couldn't, any size is too big. Any wetness is too wet, John, because spit balls aren't funny. They're made out of fluid that comes out of your mouth. And that's always a bad time. Anything that involves anything that comes out of your mouth is bad. In public, in school, um, I just I don't I don't I don't cotton with that. 
That's bad news. No spitballs, kids. Um, Matthew asks, why am I so handsome? Well, I wasn't for a long time. And then one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I, (laughs) I'm sorry. That's, I have no answer to that. I just, I'm, uh, it's, it's the angling of the phone. Like if you looked at, like there is, but then this is bad. Like that. So, you know, uh, Brian Skinner says, wet willies. I have never given anyone a wet willy except I did once on stage uh, in the middle of a scene unexpectedly because I was not having the best time during the scene and just decided to give a co-actor a wet willy. Looking back on it, it probably wasn't the smartest thing or the nicest thing to do as an actor. You weren't expecting it. But it got a laugh from me. And 15 years later, we all looked on it with joy and glee and i still talk to that guy and he's fine with me now so i gave a wet willy to someone on stage once um is this just a story oliver asks about fred and george weasley um the weasleys weren't evil but and ms Barr wasn't uh evil i i guess maybe if the weasleys were the substitute teachers and the uh the substitute teacher was uh, what's her face from the Harry Potter books? Like you switch the roles, then maybe it is. Otherwise, I think too tall and them are just jerks. They're not going to open any candy store. They're not going to open joke shops. They're they're just going to go to jail, or they're just going to go to jail. I think that's what happens to too tall. I think he just goes to jail. I think they're. If I ever wrote a Berenstain Bear book, it would be too tall goes to jail, and it would just be one page long, and it would be a guy arresting him and he would just go to jail because he's kind of a bad person when I really start reading these chapter books. Brian asks, what house would brother be in at Hogwarts? Um, that is a fictional place. And so is brother. And as such, they can't cross over into one another's worlds. Uh, I know that in the bear country, there's a movie series called the bear of the rings. That's not Harry Potter, but I know that they have avatars. I don't know if they have Avatar, but I know that they have avatars of our movies there. So maybe he'd be Barry Potter, I guess. Vanessa asks, are understudies the substitutes of theater? And if so, do they know karate? Understudies in theater aren't substitutes. They are other toots. They are the other actors and it's a necessary job. Substitutes fill in for teachers when they're sick. Understudies don't ever get to go on stage. And yes, they do know karate. Oliver says that Brother Bear would be in Gryffindor. Of course he would, because he's a main character. Uh, Brian Skinner says they probably have Avatar Bear version, but everyone forgets about it. That's funny. But in Bear's Land, they're opening a avatar bear ride i understand also the bairdians of the galaxy ride for their marvel versions of bear things i assume that's i guess uh, uh oliver says no he stands up to a lot of people brother bear does he's also in school like harry potter So, in a way, we're all Harry Potter, because we never stop learning. Brian says, are you okay with how upset I am that you said Barry Potter? I'm fine with Brian being upset. If I wasn't fine with Brian being upset, I wouldn't talk to him and upset him. Uh, Lan says, Bear Vatar, and 
I would say that Bear Vitar, but maybe something that isn't. Is there anything more Urson? Like I don't under, like. There's other bear words. Uh, Professor Xavier Bear. Well, now we're just looking at these. Aren't even we haven't even talked about the X Men yet. Are the Charmin bears in the same universe, John asks. Um, yes. Uh, Oliver says, sometimes my dad is unbearable. That's true, but I'm the one who edits the other podcast that I do, and I can make your voice very quiet so no one can hear you. So I'm wonderful, Dad. Uh, Bear Vitar, the last bearbender, is going way too far. Also, in our world, we call just say the last bearbender because... Yeah, because we don't want people to get the two properties confused. Brian says X bears is a little too obvious. Uh, I guess that's that's it. Any more questions? Does anyone have any more questions? Does anyone want to know about Scuzz or Skank or whatever the other kids are named or Lizzie Bruin or this poor frog? No. Okay. Thank you all for watching this live show. I'm at 11 viewers right now. That's the most people I've ever ended with. Usually I just watch them trickle all away, but I got to watch them go up and down. Is Beast in a bear X bears a man? No, Beast. Um, uh, I think he became some sort of scaly creature. Uh, Oliver asks, where's the frog's family? They actually, I miss, I left this out. They actually had to return the frog to his home at, at Papa's behest. So he does get to go home. Um, which is why they were too late to warn Ms. Barr about the bucket falling on her head. Um, is that the singing WB frog, Vanessa asks? Who knows? Uh, his name is Michigan J. Frog, and this frog was never given a name. Uh, would the Boston Bruins be the Boston men? Um, I have not heard men mentioned in the Berenstain Bears books, uh, so maybe they don't even know about men. But if they did uh go hunting for men one day or get chased to a park by a naked man one day that would be something to see uh does a frog equal a toad bill asks frogs are not toads although frog and toad are friends from what i understand um and i think that's where we're going to leave it for today because i have a child upstairs who's watching a lot of barbie cartoons And I'm going to go turn off those Barbie cartoons right now. But thank you all for Because Brian. Oliver just read Frog and Toad. I can't stop reading these comments. This is so exciting. Oliver just read Frog and Toad. You read that when you were like three also. So just over the years, you keep going back. Uh, I'm going to go turn off the Barbie videos. Everyone else, I hope you have a great evening. This will be going up on Saturday in some form. And I appreciate all the likes and watches. You're all great. What happens when lightning strikes a toad? Lance asks, you turn into a bear. Uh, An unhappy bear. Because that's bear country. It's, forget it, baby, it's bear town. I can't remember how the quote goes. Anyway, everyone else, I will see you all next time. Deep in... Bear Country. <laughs> <laughs>